Hi guys, welcome to Across the Pond. I think this is episode five. Mark's in America. I know you just recently moved, but how are you? How are things going? You've got a bit of time to yourself last, well, few days now. Yeah, this weekend family's away. So, you know, um, <laughs> it was so funny. What's so funny about recordings, we just talked about this whole thing and now I've got to pretend like we haven't just talked about it. Yeah. And now I've got to, now I've got to yeah. go like, oh, yeah, I've already. You don't have to do that. That's fine. Yeah. No, I'm what not did, going to. Yeah, yeah. What did my you family say? are away for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's all people need to know because I'm not going to go through that 10 minute conversation again. Um, yeah, the, the wife and the kids are away for Mother's Day. So I'm just walking around scratching my balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All day long for like 48 hours constantly. Well, yeah. you know, it's, we talked about this on WhatsApp, didn't we, about the when you're a man on your own, you just can't help but scratch your balls. Yeah. Because it's got to get I them all in. I think it's you got to get them all in. You kind of like know there's a finite time. So you think I'm just right. going to get them all in now, no matter what the consequences are. It's and then you regret pleasant. it later. So it's not, not pleasant, pleasant to do it around <laughs> other people. It's not. So um, yeah, so yeah. I've been getting getting in that, and uh, you know, getting in some uh, needed political work as well, um, which is necessary but a drag. It's a drag, mm. you know, because it's. It's um, it's really important, but it is also tedious mo- most of the time. You know, going through UN documents and then trying to send to a senator or a congressman, like, here's the thing that you need to stop, because if we stop this, we can control our own water, we can control our own land and our own energy. Yeah. And that's the reason I'm doing this project, because that is absolutely fucking essential if we're to survive and be able to have a normal life. Like if I can't pay my gas bill because it's too expensive and I can't get clean water at the tap and I can't own land because they own it all, I can't have a life. That's why I do this project because it's absolutely essential for me and my family and my children just to have a good start in life. But it's fucking tedious most of the time. This is what we were talking about earlier. Like you've just kind of, and you've mentioned this before about your big thing and one on the website is about keeping it local. And that, that pops in my mind all the time, especially as some of the things I'm going through at the moment about not just local as in sense of, of keeping it local on a political level, but keeping it local to your family, to the people you care about and keeping it local within and, and, and sorting yourself out within. That's what it means to me on one level as well, the importance sure. of it. And then we were talking about before and the kind of theme of this is how we fall into these other things of trying to save the world without keeping it local. We're not really right, dealing right. with what's within at all. And then the manifestation of people not dealing with that within is the kind of problems that we're dealing with out there. It's like mm. it's backwards. It's like we completely got it all all backwards. We're out there trying to fight this big monster and this big phantom New World Order or, or, or the Illuminati and stuff like that. But that's just a manifestation of many rich people over a long period of time with a lot of pers- personality disorders and mummy and daddy issues to a certain right. extent. That'll be part sure. of it. So like you were saying, keeping it local, like what you're saying is you want to feed your family and sort your family. How important is it? for you to sort of recognize like when you're kind of focus it in, focus it mm-hmm. into something that's practical um, as opposed to going out in the esoteric world and, and, and kind of not esoteric, but going out in the macro and kind of getting yeah, lost, yeah. lost in the woods somewhere. Yeah. So I do want us to come back to the internal stuff and the local family stuff, because that's the heart of all of it. But before we go to our point, finish up on the point of the resources, the political the project that I do is 100% practical because our my 
recognition is simple for us to control our own resources. Mm-hmm. And that basically means that there's five fundamentals to life. Energy, gas, soil, right, electricity, food, water, land, and concrete, construction, roads, houses, etc. So if we own those five, uh, our construction, our, our, our building, our water, our land, our food, and our energy, that's all my mission is to cut off United Nations Agenda 21 and their corporate stakeholders from controlling those resources that they control, which is all local. As I've talked about many times on the website, people can read all about it. So um, it's 100% practical. If it wasn't practical and it wasn't achievable, I wouldn't be wasting my time doing something like this. I don't know how people spend their entire lives just talking about information. You know, I've been doing this nine months and I already have some political wins. What the fuck has, has some people been doing for decades? Talking about information. Talking about information, <laughs> yeah. which uh, not blaming people for it, spreading no. information, spreading awareness is good. I personally am not interested in that. So I, I took up this mantle and took up this project because no one else was. And I have children to feed and people's bills have gone up 600%. My mum has to pay 600% more gas prices now. So this is the reality of the situation. And it's because those five key things about life we don't control yeah. so if we can, can just control them at the local level and at the national level i don't care about the rest of it that much because i can't change what the templars and the freemasons and the jesuits are up to um nor am i really that bothered anymore and 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 this kind of goes to the where maybe everyone's mentality needs to go if, if we're really going to be serious about fighting this new world order then then be serious and fight it but fight it for real Right. Like, what are they actually doing to you? Your gas bill has gone up. That's what they're doing to you. Fight that. That actually is your life. I don't understand why we're spending more time on the fucking Jesuits than on your gas bill. When that's what's going to feed and warm your children. (laughs) So, you know, that's my because you don't have to do anything about that because it's a phantom. There's almost like a fantasy element right. of that you don't really have to into about it you can say it's true you can talk about all these things transgender women and, and men being women and hollywood and all this stuff's fascinating but it, it as you say it doesn't do anything at the end of the day but it is a distraction yes it's worth having and it's, it's like a worth having in the back of your mind to understand how these things come to be on a, on a one level or historical level if you want to learn about the history of conspiracies and you just fancy doing it but it's not, as you say, it doesn't do anything at the end of the day. And they're living in a different, it's not, it's not going to help you in any way, shape or form to know that Fauci is a Jesuit. Okay, he's a Jesuit. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. Wait. And you know, the, the thing is, right, mate, is that you, we have to really just think about like, we, uh, we have a very finite amount of time and resource, right? We have a very limited amount that we can do in this life. We really have to think about what is it, what is best placed? Because often people will say to me, I get these comments a lot. And then we'll come back to the, the psychosis that happens because I do want us to talk about the psychosis and stuff that's happening in this movement too. But this is important from the, from the, the standpoint of practicality. If you're going to get in a fight, be, be very realistic and practical because I have a lot of comments that say, if we all just come together, you know, um, and I'm like, yeah, but that's a fucking big if. It's, so I'm concerned about this if part. If we all come together, if is not a probable statement or question, no. if, 
it's like saying if the sun doesn't rise tomorrow which it may not there's a very there is always a possibility the sun cannot rise it's not definite but what am i going to base my probability factor on that it will or that it won't well that it will even though there's an if always that the sun could not rise tomorrow and this is the the philosophical problem of induction which hume talked about so in philosophy okay. of science you you go through these issues of of what makes science good science what makes philosophy good philosophy and the problem of induction is that by observation alone we can never truly tell that the sun is going to rise tomorrow which you can't from observation alone, okay. You, okay. right you need yep. well, how could you right you could say oh because it's risen every other time but that doesn't mean it's going it's just, to rise it's a tomorrow. probability yeah it's not a, a, exactly a, it's a probability a, yeah uh, and probability is mathematics so it precedes science because probability is a mathematical function so why this is really important is because if we are to, we have to think of the sun rising a problem of induction the same way as the Illuminati, the New World Order, whatever. Like, if you are to attack it, what is the probability of the if we all come together, if we all just stop complying? It, two years ago, half the country were burning down buildings and killing people on the streets because some junkie somewhere died. Mm. That is the reality of the human condition. I don't see any we're all coming together happening. So why would I put all of my eggs in the basket of wasting my time on, on an idea like that? If it happened, I would love to be wrong and I'd be able to say, fuck man, I was, I was a negative nanny. I'm ninny, I don't think it's nanny. I think it might be ninny. I had a negative nanny once. Negative nanny. Um, she was awful. I'd love to be wrong, wouldn't I? Of course I would. But as a, as a responsible husband and father and leader of this community that I'm trying to spearhead here, uh, I have to do the probable thing because otherwise I'm wasting my time and I'd rather do something else. I'd rather make music or write my philosophy book that I would rather write, you know? So I, I do this mission and I, and I do see a lot of comments saying these things. And I'm like, guys, like we really have to be much, we have to be better than this. I have to be more realistic than this. There's also a childlike element to that, isn't it? It doesn't mean anything. We could all come together. It doesn't mean anything. And that just, they must be pissing themselves, this small group of billionaires or trillionaires going, is that all they can do? Is that as organized they can get? Like the only organization they can do is disorganization. There's nothing, doesn't mean anything. They must be thank, it's brilliant. They must be sitting there going, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, just, just foster yourself on that. And that's where the new age stuff comes in at the very kind of extreme neurotic end of the new age stuff is that like it doesn't mean anything. You can't hold it. It doesn't actually mean anything. So this whole new, let's all come together. What does that actually mean? It doesn't mean anything. And they're happy for you to navel gaze about that for the, for eternity, because while you're doing that, they're nicking the cutlery out of the, out of the kitchen. And, and they're happy with that. They're more than happy with that. And it's like, you can, you can blanket yourself and cuddle yourself with this nonsense all you like, but it's just pure fucking almost, childlike well it's very childlike but it's almost like it's inf infantilization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the best way to put it i think it, it's, a, it's a very good way to put it actually it, it is what it is isn't it it's infantilization it's utopianism it's it's hyper egalitarianism this idea that um in inherently everything is good it's their fault but it isn't good which there's some truth to that sociologically there's some truth to that in terms of that the societal mechanisms are set up in, 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 a, in an inverted way. The societal mechanisms are set up so that institutions favor a, a 
result that's not good for us. That's all true. I've talked about that a lot. They would do uh, because they set it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I have a I have a 14,000 word thesis on the site that discusses that in depth, philosophically, sociologically, etc. So um, I understand all that. And I, of course, agree with all that. We all do. The, the problem, though, is that even if those sociological elements were to change, like we got rid of them and we changed the societal structure, um, which is somewhat what I'm working on, but it isn't really what I'm looking is I'm just kind of separating. I'm just trying to cut off the societal structure. I'm not going to New York or DC and saying, you guys need to do this. Like that's a wasted journey as well. What I'm just saying is leave our states in the middle of this country that do our own thing alone. The rest of it go nuts. It's not my business. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to go take over the world or even take over the rest of the country, that's between you and the rest of the people. But here in this part of the country, in this middle of the country, we don't want any bullshit. I know it's so we're out. We're, we're exiting. We're leaving. We're out. You guys do whatever you want to do. And what That's you're my... doing also is you're creating an example of what could be repeat, repeated in these other counties or these other states if someone exactly. else chooses to take up the mantle. Yeah, exactly. And it's the choice, right? So I'm trying to provide a template like Montana is a great example. It's already producing its own oil again even though that's against the green agenda, that's against Biden's agenda, they're, they're producing their own oil, meaning that they, they are now 47th cheapest in the country of 50 states. So that's one example. Banning the vax mandate, um, dropping the climate membership. These are all like legitimate, real things that mean that the people of that state are going to live a much better, freer life. Uh, and that didn't happen in DC. That didn't happen by chopping the head off the United Nations. It simply was rejecting their mandates, rejecting their treaties. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to mix it, their project. Look, we're out, we're leaving. Um, good luck with your project. And if other people can pick that up and, and do that across the world, I, I'd love that. But, but I'm under no illusions that I can make that happen. So the local part's really important because it isn't obviously just about those local politics. That, that kind of is just the societal, uh, the, the sociological structure we were talking about. The, the thing that's nestled within that that's even more important is you and your family and your relationships within that local community. So what I'm trying to do is just try to say, if I can set out better boundary conditions in, the, in these 20 states or in this local area, um, that will allow us to at least be able to afford to live more comfortably and get on with our lives. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, the real work actually happens. I spoke to Lindsay uh, Sharman from Rogue, Way, uh, Rogue Ways. Um, she's a, she, I had a really interesting conversation. You might like her. And um, one of the things I was saying to her is that the vacuum that's been caused by the lack of God in, um, now this isn't as common in America. There's a lot more God in America than the rest of the West, but this sure. is definitely the case in, in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, Europe. The, the rest of the West outside of middle america this vacuum this lack of god is the biggest problem what i'm just trying to do is just trying to say look let's clean up the conditions so we can live peacefully and prosper pros prosperously i can't talk today um that's a big word to be fair i wouldn't prosperously I wouldn't even attempted that one the, the 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 real real big kahuna that has to be fixed that can never be fixed by a movement that can never be fixed by me that can't be fixed by anyone other than you is you have to reconnect to your creator. I don't give a shit what religion, what philosophy you're, you're choosing to, mm. to take. I like Jesus. I've explained my many reasons why I recommend that you read my reasons why, 
but whatever it is, whatever the mechanism it is that you, you need to find, you need to connect to your creator. And that vacuum, that vacuum that has been lost because we have lost our connection to our creator is, is the source of all of these problems. And it can't be fixed politically. It can't be fixed financially. It can't be fixed by anyone else. It has to be between you and the person that made you. Um, and until that's fixed, truly fixed, none of this shit's actually ever deeply going to change. And that's this is, recently I've heard, um, obviously, is it Nietzsche that said God is dead? Was it Nietzsche? Yeah. yeah God is dead. So yeah. When I was looking about Nietzsche, sorry, um, but I was looking about this because when he said God is dead, for me, if you, if you don't have a religion, you, you replace God with the God symbology was the parent. Right. So if you say the parent is dead and you've got no external parent, I'm not talking if you've got no internal, like a parent, but your parents are dead, mention you're a kid, let's just take this as an example. What have you do? You're lost. But only so, by saying God is dead, you're not only saying the parent is dead, you're saying the, the example of a parent is dead, even within right. you. So your self-parenting is dead. So you're not only not without a parent in the real world, you're not out with the parent when you grow older within yourself to parent yourself, to look after yourself. So you're still a child wandering around. So God is dead. Your real parent, your parent is dead within you. The, the, the example of a parent or the feeling of a parent or the feeling of you being able to parent yourself. Mm-hmm. So the actual avatar of a parent is dead if God is dead. Because when you're a child, your parents are God. Does that make sense? So, well, yeah. so you are this lost child wandering around the world with no, per- no parenting, even from yourself. So the example of a parent is dead. So 100%. if God's dead, your parents are dead. Even you, you don't know how to parent yourself because there was never an example of this. So you right. need God as a parent. So the yeah, but that's why he's called there. the Father. Yeah, um, God the Father. That's why Jesus called him the Father because he is our Father. Now, in this sense, Nietzsche Nietzsche was very good on the psychologism issue on on the issue of human the human condition and growth. Mm-hmm. Where he really lacked is he made everything too much about psychologism. Uh, and what I mean is um, that there's, a, there's an entire world and reality, an objective reality outside of us that operates regardless of mine and your psychology. And, you know, when we've discussed this, Aristotle's four causes, for an example, sure, right? We've yeah. discussed this. So there are these eternal metaphysical truths that operate regardless of the psychological state that you and I are in. I'm more interested in those. And the reason being is because I feel like if, uh, if you imagine that truth is a line up here, and we're vibrating down here, the closer we get to that line that is truth, the more in alignment we are with God. Therefore, the more peace we are, the more loving we are, the more strong we are, um, etc. So I look at it as the more we can become logical, the more rational, the more caring, um, then we are really truly in union with God. And you won't need any explanations at that point because you will understand in your feel. Um, the problem is that we're so far away from that right now that the reason that I, I don't go down the Nietzschean path is because I feel that it actually takes us away from what I think we need to do at this time, which is we actually, but we need to go back to the objective. We need to go back outside of ourselves. And I don't mean in seeking projects and I don't mean in seeking conspiracies. I mean, in truth, actual truth, right? That one plus one equals two. That's a very important thing that if you can't get your mind into that, nothing else can be fixed. If you can't think logically, you can't do psychology well. 
So what I'm saying is the work that I try to do precedes all the other work that has to be done. And if we can't be rational and logical, everything else is wasted, right? So the thing with Nietzsche is that his work is, I would say, like a step three in a five-step process. But we're not even doing that first step, which is logic. We're not being logical even. So I don't know how we can get to step three well if we're not doing step one well, which is we're not even being fucking logical. We're not even doing the one plus one equals two. So, but Nietzsche was an, was a, an extremely bright man, extremely smart man. And he wasn't saying that God was dead triumphantly. He was saying that because God is dead, something is going to fill that vacuum and yeah, it's going to have to be yeah. us, right? Now, this is my point is that if, if you're saying God's dead and you take my example, is okay, if that means parents are dead, something needs to fill that vacuum would be you as an adult. But if you're not told how to count, how do you know two plus two is four? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, is that um, everyone had, I, I talk about this in the thesis on the website. If you go to the website, America21century.com, it's this, it's the first button, read thesis, click that, and it'll mm-hmm. take you to it. Now, w- why I keep referring to this is because I go into a lot of this stuff in there in a lot more depth. There's an audiobook version there as well, which is free. Um, and I talk about this idea that what you're talking about. Now, what Nietzsche was talking about in terms of God being dead, he missed out one very important thing, which is that, and now we're now we're now we're at the realm of psychology, not philosophy. So we're we're going down a few steps here. Yeah. Um, you can't get rid of God, meaning that you will make something your God. Now, people think because they've rejected Jesus Christ from this book, the Holy Bible, mm-hmm. that they no longer have a God. Oh, you have one. It's money. It's you. It's your boss. It's it's it, it's something. It's your smartphone. But you think that you've rejected God. So you don't have a God and you're like totally an atheist, you're super hip, you're cool, or you're some new age person that thinks you're your own God. That isn't a good improvement, right? Because you're a too shitty a God. <laughs> I'm too shitty a God. Is it how, could I be, how could I be my own God? I mean, I take, I have diarrhea. What kind of God has diarrhea? What kind of God walks around scratching his balls? Yeah. What kind of, I would be a shitty God. I wouldn't want me to be your God. So I can't be my own. And then, you know, people go, ah, you know, that's subservient. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's not subservient. It's called logic. It's called reality. It's understanding your limits. You have limits. You have way too many limits to think that you can be God. Likewise, this applies to anything else. You've made money, you've God. You've made sex, you've God. You've made something, you've God. You've made the government, you've God. You've made socialism, you've God. You've made something, you're God, right? Um, you never got rid of God. It's impossible. And this is why I get really annoyed with people. I'm like, I can't believe, Mark, you're, you're smart enough to not be into religion. I'm like, you all have a fucking religion, all of you. I just understand mine. You don't understand yours. You, you think you don't have one, but you have money is your religion. And you follow those commandments every single day. Fact. You know, and it's, the reality is, dude, is that everyone has a God. Everyone has a religion. Everyone. And the way that I look at it is let's put them to the test. Let's do this scientifically. Let's take your God. Let's take my God. Let's test them out scientifically and see which one stands against the trauma the best. See which one stands against the child raising the best. See which one the society works out best following out. And may the best God win. Let's do that. Mm. No, I get it. I get it. Um, and, and it's funny what you can replace that gap with. Then, if God is, as Nietzsche said, um, God is dead, what you can replace it with. And we were talking before we started this is, 
myself, I replaced it with the conspiracy theories for a long mm. time. Um, that didn't work out well. And um, then you come to the term to understanding that there's nothing there, really. It, right. It's a case of I don't really want to look at the stuff I need to look at, which is inward. So I'm going to project it out and try and save the world when I can barely put my pants on. <laughs> um, and when I do put them on, they're not even my pants. And I'm not even in the right house. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, they're someone else's pants. And I don't know how I got here. It's, we've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever there is. And and you start to think, oh, fuck, it's another cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you replace God with, I suppose. is maybe what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? It, I'm learning all this stuff as I go. I'm 41 years old and I'm not too proud to say and it's great. And I find it all fascinating. That's why I like speaking to you because we can have, bring these things up, ask these questions. I learn a lot from you. We get to talk. I have a different way of looking at things, very visual in my head, um, very um, allegories. I tell stories. That's how I jokes. That's how I get stuff across. But it's the same sure. thing. Um, I have a different style. But I think me and you kind of have the same kind of moral philosophy of life. And maybe would that be a good god a moral philosophy i mean that kind of is what god is really right that yeah. that is you know like you know if you look at um you look at jesus's teachings for example it's all moral philosophy uh, and some of it's literal some of it's allegorical some of it's metaphorical and it's important that to understand which ones are which um for example, when Jesus is talking about, when Jesus says, if you look at a woman that isn't your wife, you should stab yourself in the eye. He doesn't mean literally you should stab yourself in the eye. He's saying that if you're looking at other women lustfully instead of your wife, you may as well stab yourself in the eye. That's how much you're hurting yourself. That's how much you are. And he's absolutely right. Of course, all of us, if we're honest with ourselves and if we can put our, what is called sin which just means to error which just Mm -hmm. means to make mistakes which just means to go off the path if we can be real honest with ourselves what he's saying is correct right it is harmful let's just take pornography as example 98 percent of men according to survey that i read recently uh, watch pornography 98 percent, right so and then if we take this that damages intimacy between the the husband and the wife you're getting your intimacy outside of the wife. You've now damaged your relationship with your wife, right? Because you're now um, sorting yourself out rather than it being a, a, a bonding experience, rather than it being a natural experience, rather than it being an organic, healthy, loving experience. So, you know, it's a bit like fire. Fire is a marriage, strong relationships. Sex is like a fireplace, warms up the house. It's extremely intimate. But without that, it's like a fire that burns the house down. Now, why this is important is because that isn't a literal statement, right? Jesus isn't saying stab yourself in the eye. What he's saying is that it's as bad as it's a, it's a, it's a metaphor. It's an exaggeration. It is a hyperbole. And he often mm-hmm. was like this, right? Um, a lot of the teachings are like that, but, but they're really important because without intimacy, marriages divorce, they break down, they die. And then children are left without married parents. And it, and people think that, Ah, oh, just watching some pornography. It has no consequences, but it does. Everything does. That's the point. Not saying you should feel guilty for it. None of that. That's not the point. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, look at it like pragmatically. Look at it clinically. Just look at it for the situation that it is. 
if I do X, I'm not doing Y. If I'm not doing Y, the consequences are Z. If the consequences are Z, this is what's going to happen. Just look at it that way, right? And that's that's the reality. So in a sense, all of the things that point us to God are, are a moral philosophy. And that's been the biggest blow to us. That's been the thing that's hit us the hardest because I grew up like you did where there really were no rules. I grew up in a, in a household in an environment where there really were no rules. So, you know, like you just sleep with women, you just watch pornography, you just do drugs, you just drink, whatever. There's no rules. And suddenly you're 30 years old, you're an extremely damaged man, right? Like suddenly now you're like, I didn't, I thought rules were control. I thought rules were bad. Mm. So I, I <laughs> but it turns out without rules, you die. Without rules, your soul dies. Right. So it's it's actually really important. I think that's really what we're lacking the most. We're we're lacking ethical structure, spiritual structure, yeah. spiritual order. And that's why I rejected the new age stuff in the end. I used to be a lot more new agey. And it's why I embraced Christ instead, because I rejected how nihilistic that path is. It chips away at your soul when you start kind of thinking, hey, we're all one, there's no differences. There's no boundaries. We can just do whatever we want. We only live once. We're just going to reincarnate, whatever it is. I, I find that it's actually a very nihilistic um, path in the end. You, you start chipping away at your own boundaries internally, which we talked about before. Sure, yeah. And the boundaries internally are as much as important as the external ones. Like you can't put up with your own shit just as much as you shouldn't be putting up with anyone else's. But you're full of shit too, just as I am. <laughs> We're all full of shit. So internal boundaries are important. Like if I say, I hate this person because he cut me off in a car, I, ca- I shouldn't be putting up with my own shit like that. That's not a reason to get angry. That's, not, that's a very effeminate reaction. Effeminate, by the way, doesn't mean feminine. Effeminate means like masculine that is kind of feminized, which is different to feminine. So effeminacy is not femininity, just to be clear. But it's a, it's a reactive, it's emotionally reactive, right? If I say this guy cuts me off and I say, fuck you, yada, 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 you know, it's like, that's no good. That's not that, you're like, that's me not keeping my own boundaries internally and saying no one's hurt, whatever. I'm going to move on with my day. Right. And that's really discipline. Yeah. Self-discipline. Discipline. Yeah, the discipline to kind of go, okay, that's pissed me off. But is it, is it, and go through that thought protest of, is that this is appropriate response to what's just happened? I mean, if he's got out of his car and he's smacking smack it on the bonnet, it's a different set of circumstances. But if he right. just cut you off and it was kind of one of those things like, oh, shit, you might be, you, know, you get what I mean. It's being able to ask those questions because I think Richard Grennan calls it emotional literacy, being able right. to, yeah, have words for what you're feeling and why and talk, your, talk to yourself as you're going. It's almost like a commentary of why you're feeling what you are. And he talks about it in, in terms of, of emotional flashbacks and how to kind of lessen those emotional flashbacks but what you're talking about there that could have been emotional flashback what you were just talking about there which actually probably were back to something else where you were treated like shit but you're having an emotional literacy moment of being able to talk about it and saying okay i'm not actually bothered about him cutting me off it's something else that's popped up here mm-hmm. and you're having them in split split seconds like you, you know it's almost like matrix like you're slowing down the reality and having all these conversations and all these all this data going through your head and then you're reacting in a certain way and what you're right. saying is having the boundaries and the discipline to be able to do that yeah, yeah and i guess i i just want to 
make it clear that it applies as much to yourself as to other people. Mm. You know, if we're to like, like I said, it, you can't just say, you can't say to someone, don't make money your God, don't make lust your God, but I make myself my God, right? Like that, again, that, that doesn't work. So it's about holding yourself accountable the way that you hold everybody else accountable. And I actually do a pretty good job of that. I never used to some years ago. I used to be very hypocritical. I would say that's bad, but I would do a bunch of bullshit myself. But I've gotten myself to a point where I actually hold myself to a higher standard than I hold other people to. I'm actually more forgiving of people than I am to myself. At this can point. that go the other way, though? Like the inner critic and the outer critic. So obviously, can it go, like anything, it can go too far. Sure. You're sure. too critical of yourself. It's not really you talking. This is stuff that you're blaming yourself for, which isn't really your fault. And this has probably been my biggest one of my biggest challenges and still is on a moment to moment basis of knowing when I should be taking blame and when I'm not to blame, which right. is a massive thing being a codependent or if you, whatever you want to call it or walk over sometimes. Um, and then, but then also standing up for myself and not feeling guilty about it. How do you, this is the, the fight. How do you know when you're being far too critical of yourself and actually it's not your fault and you had every right to go fuck off. That's ridiculous. How do you know what I mean? This, right, is, this is a big challenge for me um, of knowing, look, actually, that ain't my shit. And mm-hmm. I just don't have to blame myself for that. And then not literally care about it or knowing when that is right. That is a real learning curve. And I think it's part of being a man. Oh, yeah. Do you know what sure. I mean? Boundaries. Protection. 100%. I was wondering. How, how do you have... know? How do you know? I, I was hoping I had my whiteboard, but I don't have it. But um, so because it'd be... It'd be easier to write this out, but I suppose the way to know is, is it, is it, is it simple way? Is it objective or subjective? So an example could be um, the, the political project that I'm involved in. Often I, I don't get as far as I would like to, even though I've gotten very far, very quickly for such a big lift, for such a big thing to attack. Um, but often that's an example of one where I'd say, I'm just not doing enough. This, is, this isn't going to work. People aren't ready for it and we're fucked. So I'm going to do something else. That's an example of something that um, is the inner critic being too harsh, right? Because that's a situation that it's not my responsibility to do it. It's, 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 it's good that I'm doing anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> should yeah. just be grateful uh, uh, that I'm actually doing it or that I've even achieved three major things already. I should just quit now and be like, I've done more than a lot of people. And that's that. So that's an example of being a critic. That isn't, I don't really see that as an ethical boundary, but you know, if it's, if it's a, a matter of like, um, uh, I'm, I was too harsh to my wife. Got to hold yourself accountable. Right. Or, or I'm too reactive to trolls. Got to hold myself accountable. Those are things that I shouldn't be doing because they are a stain on my character, right? Not doing as good a job as I want to do in some area that I've chosen to pick up is not a stain on my character. But, yes, yeah, it's a good but, but these signs of things are, these are objective things. So I, I feel like it's, you have to kind of split the subjective and the objective and it's not always clear which is which. And the, the boundaries get blurred. So you really just, you should start simple. And simple is just like, um, am I hurting myself? Am I hurting someone else? Now, the problem with the sort of conspiracy crowd is they always go straight to the second. Am I hurting other people? Ah, and this is, again, the problem with the rejection of God. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a church in here, guys. I, don't, I promise you I don't give a shit what you believe. 
whether you convert or not. I really don't. But take the Aristotelian God. I have Aristotle here. I talk about Aristotle all the time, right? So let's just think of it as Aristotle's God. Forget the religion. When it comes to Aristotle's God, it applies just the same way. And we think about it in terms of Greek philosophy. So if we think about the rejection, this, re this rejection of God, uh, it isn't so much about like, um, fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. You can, I haven't been sleeping very well with my boy. Um, rejection of God basically leads us down to these sorts of inner critic roads. It leads us into this sort of, um, I'm becoming micromanaging, I'm becoming my own I'm becoming my own source of everything, I guess. And I think that that is really part of the problem itself, to be honest. I don't think it really matters where your source of inspiration comes from. Um, I just think you you have to have it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Have something to ground you or a direction. You talk about framework, that that gives you some sort of framework to work within. And then you just say with the new age stuff, the um, there's no boundaries there. It's kind of like how, I think it... Was it Michelangelo? No, he's the painter. He's the guy that, that chipped out the uh, the yeah. uh, the guy from uh, the statue. Yeah, he yeah. did. You could see Michael. it. He could see it there before it was there, and he just he said, "I didn't create that. I just brought it out. I just got rid of the nonsense." But without the framework of understanding, it, it just becomes too flat. That you have mm. to have boundaries, and you have to have structure. You have to have some way of knowing where this ends and this begins. And I think the right. new age stuff just does does away with that and probably purposely at one at a level where it's being really funded that is kind of this whole mess of nonsense it's it's usurped this oneness into just not usurped it um, just twisted it into this added it of, in yeah yeah sorry mate i did remember if i could just yeah yeah, sure, go I, back. yeah yeah i was talking about the the as long as we're not hurting anyone else everything's fine we forget about ourselves the reason i went on the rant about god is because it doesn't matter which discipline you take you could even take zoroastrianism you could take aristotelianism uh, as long as it's sort of a, a a one entity type god system and the reason that that's important is because um when we think of like the the the, the anarchists the the new age, all the people that have come into conspiracy world and said, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, you should do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt anyone else. The problem when we reject God, which has happened so much in this movement, people are like, ah, I, I don't need an authority because I'm my own God. I don't need any authority. Mm. That lack of humility is extremely destructive to you, not just to other people. And this is kind of goes, so they, they say, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, it's fine. But you hurt yourself. Sin hurts yourself. Like if you're watching pornography, you're not necessarily hurting anyone else, but you are hurting yourself in that process eventually. And I already explained how that works. Uh, actions have consequences and consequences affect people and, and it becomes a downward slope from there. But, you know, you can pick any, any, any example. So we've taken ourselves out the equation, right? We've said as long as we don't hurt anyone else, let's just live and let live, do whatever we want. But, but you have to remember that you have a soul that you can hurt in the process too. And you can hurt your process by not having boundaries. And those boundaries tend to come from a high spiritual tradition, a high spiritual order, a God. Um, so in this case, you know, it's like, it's not just about when I think of these things, I try to think it's not just about hurting other people. It's about my own self-respect and it's about hurting myself as well. The I don't want to philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to be the kind of guy that has his willy out at a computer. 
It means I don't have any self-respect. It means I don't respect myself as a man. It means that I have allowed myself to be adolescented. And I don't want to be that. I'm not that anymore. But I was for many years. So don't think I'm judging dudes listening who are that. I was that for many years. Trying to just explain how I, how I processed out of it. And a process out of it really is a matter of like, I need to not just protect outer boundaries, but inner boundaries. Sure. And it's not just about not hurting other people. It's also about not hurting myself. Yeah. And that's what sin does to us, you know, error, mistakes do to us. But this is what I see in the conspiracy movement or whatever you want to call it. That there is self-harm in a lot of ways because it doesn't have a goal. It doesn't have an end. It doesn't have a solution. They're just saying, I don't want this. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, well, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> what? What are you going to do? Uh, I, what do you want instead? Funny. I don't want this. What do you want instead? Uh, you tell me. Then that's the problem. <laughs> We're going to be back here in a minute because I'm going to tell you what you want and you won't want to do that either. What do you want? I just, I just don't. It's like when you, I've got a little boy. You don't want that to eat. What do you want? I mean, he's not the age he can talk yet properly. He can say mm -hmm. a sentence, but he can't tell me. But if he's 16... And he's saying he don't want something. And I'm like, what do you want? And he just goes, I'm like, Is it, are you all right? Tell us what, what are you going on about? Tell me what you want. But they can't. And the conspiracy thing is nihilism in a sense. There's nothing there. It's like, I don't want this. I don't want to be told what to do or how to live. But you don't know how to live and you don't know what you want and you don't know where you're going and you don't know what you should be doing but you want to be able to have all the creature comforts of being told what to do. And you want to be able to live how you want. You want to be looked after and do what you want at the same time. You want to be a petulant four-year-old who throws his toys out of the pram and then gets daddy to pick them up. And, and that's it. And I, I'm like, it annoys me so much because like, where is this going? Where is this going? Because this is just, doesn't make any sense. You're not giving me any solutions here to the problem that you're bringing up. You're telling me that you're uncomfortable and you don't want this. Okay. And I'm doing the same. I've been doing the same. I'm not saying it. I've been doing, I've been looking into this for a long time. I've worked my way into positions of, of speaking to some people that do this for a lot, for many, many times, many, many years. But what do you want instead? I don't understand what we want instead. And it can't be, I just want everybody to, to um, come together. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. What happens when you come together? You run into each other. It's, you literally run into each other. It doesn't, it's not a thing. It's not an answer. You right. need some structure. If you're going to pull down that old structure and you don't want someone else to put up a new structure that you're going to hate, you have to provide us with some structure. And that comes down to your personal moral philosophy of how you're going to live your life on a local level. Of in, to me, it's an internal job. Then it goes out and out and out and out and out. That's how this cool. thing works. But if you've not got any idea of what the structure you want is, you're just um, you're just throwing your you're throwing a wobbly, you're throwing a wobbly and saying it's their fault, and and that's not good enough when we're adults. It really isn't. It isn't. That's not going to feed your children. That's not going to put electric in. We need a structure here. So if you're going mm -hmm. to tell me that the Illuminati and the Jesuits and the Vatican and all of these things and and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds are the problem, no, the real problem is you're relying on them. You replaced your you replaced your parents or God with them. Mm -hmm. That's what you've done. And now you're pissed off because they haven't given you what you want. 100%. The Illuminati in the are... Place. Don't put the them in, in the first place. The Illuminati have become people's god. Yeah. They, they become so, their parents. Well, that too. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's gone even further than that. I think it actually has become 
people's God. When you speak to a lot of people in the conspiracy world, which I have, which you have, and uh, I get a lot of trolls and the troll mentality is very crucial to this whole thing we're talking about. And a lot of them will say, you can't beat them, you know, like, and I'm like, I'm not even trying to beat them. (laughs) Nobody's actually fucking read any of the work that I put out because I've never once said that I'm going to defeat the Vatican. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I I don't even know what that means. At what? I've I've said all the way through, like, I'm trying to, all we want is to withdraw. That's all. We want to withdraw. So, um, the point is, is that, uh, and I, and I believe we very much can do that. Now, whether that happens is going to be dependent upon what other people decide to do on the basis of what I've given them. Um, but my job will be done and I've done what I can. So the point is, is what my, my position is very achievable. Um, the, the thing, the, a lot of the mentality that comes in though, a lot of it is, is idol worship. This is why in, in the Bible, it says not to idol worship, mm. only worship God. Do not worship anything in the creation. And that's very important too. That, that's where we are. We, we, we all, like I say, we all idol worship. We all, we all have a God that God is money, sex, me, you, whatever. It's ourselves. So yeah. the reason the idol worship thing is important is because you like your work, like your work, you put the Illuminati on this, like they are gods, but they're not. They're a bunch of old, perverted people who probably have fucking back problems knee problems all sorts of bullshit incredible health issues as well they're extremely they're they're psychopathic sociopathic and they've got a lot of money not god not even close right so and they've been made gods and like you said they've also been made parents for sure i I also want to agree with you 100 percent on this the before you went into the the before you went into the yeah, <laughs> I was just laughing because this this podcast has been the rantiest podcast we've. Done. I never, sure. I don't rant. I've, as you say, this is all yeah. work well, I've been doing. I do rant I, more, but it comes out. It needs to come out because it's all. It shit. does. It it's does. And I've Where been attacked. <laughs> I've been attacked so much from like trolls recently as well that I just feel the venting. Um, but you know, it is necessary because we're addressing really important things, and that's the you know, if you can cut through my swear words to the heart of what I'm saying. It's all very well thought out. I've been thinking this stuff through for many years. So when it comes to the, the, the troll attacks, for example, a lot of these people idol worshipping, there's parents, there's all of that. But there is that, that deeper thing you started with, which was the for and against. And I was speaking to my friend who is helping out the project right now, America 21. And I was speaking to him about this. He's, he's a, a very, like me, a right-leaning guy. And I by right-leaning, I mean... We're more traditional. We like to conserve tradition, culture. We're more orderly, not very liberal. I don't believe that everything that you do with freedom is good. So um, the point is, is that we're much more in that camp. And I was speaking to him about this because he said the exact same thing you just said. We were talking about the fact that everyone in this movement is against, but not fighting for anything, just fighting against, right? So... It's very much like a, yeah, this is the enemy. These are all the things we hate. But when you try to dig into what they're fighting for, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what they're fighting for. They're not actually fighting for anything a lot of the time. Uh, So like you said, and like what, what I have at least the humility to know that I haven't come up with a better system than to, to build America around than what they already have. Mm -hmm. They have the Bible, they have 
the Bill of Rights, they have the Constitution. All I want is to keep those things and withdraw from the rest. I'm not saying that I can write something better than those things. I can't. So I have the humility to to protect what you have. Yes, I, I want what we had simply a few decades ago, if not even 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So um, that's all. But, you know, the thing is, is that uh, I know what I'm fighting for. And I think that's why our projects in the middle America region works has already been working, because we actually all know what we're fighting for. God, family, country. We all believe in those things. Is this um, because, sorry, don't finish that sorry, sentence. Okay. And I've got a, a question. Is Go it ahead, because mate. people don't, I just mentioned the protection here. You're protecting what you have. Is it mm-hmm. because people don't know how lucky they don't know what they have had and they don't know how lucky they are to have had what they had? Extrapolate that out a bit further. Gratitude. They don't have any gratitude of the life that they've had. All they've been told is that they're, they're shit and they, they're shit and everything's shit and I don't want this. But they right. actually haven't been taught for any gratitude for the simple things and the freedoms actually that they have, especially in the West, for a very long time. And it's a very almost like spoiled brat syndrome. Mm. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that. I think the, we, again, we've been, as a culture, we've been made inherently selfish. Our culture has been made me, 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 very, very me. But it's this very bizarre, very bizarre situation because the social engineers are very good at this kind of stuff. And humans are very good at doing this to themselves as well, which is they can make it simultaneously me, 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 and think of saving the world at the same time. <laughs> it's genius, really. Yeah, right? really it's is. genius. It's you, oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, people always throw these buzzwords around like cognitive dissonance, but that's a true set case of cognitive dissonance yeah. where, you, where you truly believe opposites. Because most time when people say cognitive dissonance, it's a buzzword they, with, with the most respect they're, they're not using correctly. Most of the time when people talk about cognitive dissonance, what they're really talking about is denial. It's just simply denial. Mm. Most, of, most of the public don't have cognitive dissonance. It's just denial, right? Hey, I think cognitive, I've done this. Carry on. Yeah. I, we've all, we all learn. We all make mistakes. I've said stupid shit in the past. I've said stupid shit like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I shouldn't have any authority. I used to believe this stuff. And that's because I wasn't humble. I was arrogant. And I thought that I was much more than I truly was. Ironically, as I became humble, I became much more than I was. That's yeah. the, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of the, the way of God. So the point is, is that uh, what I was saying is real cognitive dissonance is something like this, where it's like me, 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 and I'm saving the world, right? So you're really fracturing someone's mind. And then they're in this position where they're like, I just want to be successful, but at the same time, I'm good enough because I care about everybody. It's fucked up, but that's the situation. It's, it's the same as, as these these billionaires going, I want to run a billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. Like It's not the money. I want to run a massive corporation and control everyone in that corporation. And, and, the, and this corporation is about setting people free. Right. What? Yeah, right. What? what? What was that about? So you want to be what? You want, to, you want to control a bunch of people and control everything around you, but you also want to make this corporation about it, setting everybody through. You can't have both. You cannot control a bunch of people and make frame that in a sense of, I'm about freedom. You're not. Mm-hmm. 
you're not you're trying to control everything around you that's you're doing the it's the hypocrisy is incredible uh, the split right. in there is incredible if you really wanted to to free people you would go and speak to the guy down the road at the park and see if he's all right it wouldn't need to be on a global scale it would be on a one-to-one basis sure. one to two basis at very least it would be on a personal basis chatting and you want to be seen to be saving the world in order to do that you need to control a bunch of people it's fucked mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. it's totally yeah, fucked up the the most people obviously uh there, there, there there's an inherent again there's there's an inherent um arrogance narcissism that comes with this idea that i you know i can heal the world that i can clean the world yeah. and, and it goes back to what i was saying you know i think people think that i'm often doing that and people often accuse me of that and i'm like then you haven't really read the work as i just said because all i'm doing is i love a system that we have that's been taken away and i want to keep what we have I'm not saying that I'm better than the people that wrote the Bible. I don't have anything better for you than that. I don't have anything better for you than the United States Constitution. So what I'm saying is I want to keep those things, God, family, country, our principles, and I want to withdraw from the other bullshit that they're doing. And that's what I have worked tirelessly to try to do and with some success in a short time. But I am under no illusion that I can fucking heal the world or that I can even create a better system than the one that we've had, let alone heal the world. Mm. But um, you know, because you know what you have, because you know what you have, you know that you want to protect it. Most people haven't got a clue what they've got. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it, 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 it's when you come from the UK to America, to, to real America, not to where I first went, which was California, which I'm afraid isn't America anymore. When you actually come to real America, like where I live now, South Dakota, South Dakota never even had a lockdown, never had a mask mandate, never had anything. COVID-19 never existed in South Dakota. It is one of the only places in the world that there was no such thing as a COVID-19 here. And the reason is, is because they, they have those, those three simple premises, God, family, country, in their, in their DNA. We don't have that in Britain. They don't have it in Canada. They don't have it in Australia. They don't have it in California and New York. They don't have, they certainly don't have it in the European Union for the most part. So um, that simple stuff is why these people have withstood this whole type so well. Simple. Not because they understood the fucking Masons or the Jesuits or the Illuminati or any of that shit. Because they go to church on Sunday, they look after their families and they care about their community. Simple that they have God in their lives, basically. And that goes back to what I was saying before about vacuum. I don't, like I said, if, even if, if it were filled with an Aristotelian God, totally cool, whatever. But the vacuum has to be filled because we are filling it with information. People think that they can fill God with information or with themselves or whatever, right? But, but in this world, um, in this conspiracy research world, uh, people then start to make idols of, of many of the people in it. Hmm. and they'll say stuff like you know i don't they'll be like ah those stupid church people and then they'll be like but i'll pay a thousand dollars to go to a conspiracy show (laughs) like what the fuck dude that's the same as the televangelists of course it's (laughs) like and by the way i'm not i'm not for the televangelists i'm not saying that i'm not against or for any of this um i am saying though that small 
communities where you truly are connected and you truly are in union with God in that sense. You can't get that at an arena like a fucking televangelist show. It's just a rock show at that point. It isn't, it isn't a worship. It isn't a, a ceremony. It isn't a meeting of like-minded people that love and care about each other, right? Which is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a small gathering of people that care about each other that live together in this community. So I guess my, the point that I'm making is that um, we have, we, we've, the vacuum has to be filled by something bigger than you, bigger than conspiracy material, bigger than any of the things that you think you can find in that secret information. Wayne McCroy, you did an interesting, in, uh, you've done a couple of good conversations with Wayne McCroy before. I like Wayne a lot, yeah. Just his, not, not just the work that he does, but also his, I know his background. I know he's, he's fostered a lot of children, autistic children. Um, and just I have one of those myself, by the way. Uh, my, my, my sister has an autistic boy as well and I've worked as a youth worker for six years with autistic children um, and he um, is just the way he conducts himself more than anything yeah and you you got uh, you I always like your glitch in the code interviews I always think that's some of the best because you you're very good at um at uh you know just pro- just asking good questions that aren't really loaded questions like a lot of the time you get but the reason i brought up wayne was because wayne mccoy was in one of your conversations once and he said that the the the, the secret about the secret knowledge is that there is no secret knowledge yeah. and uh he was saying that people join the masons and the secret societies thinking that eventually they're going to find god in this secret knowledge but what they find is that there really isn't any in the end so they go through this whole life journey well the conspiracy world is the exact same thing in the in the exact same way yeah. you're never going to find enlightenment through knowledge i mean the garden of eden i never used to understand it right because i when i was more like um new agey gnostic and gnostic isn't what people think it is i understand that now you and i will have to talk about that another time sure. but when i was the gnostic that people think gnostic is Yep. And like new age and stuff. I used to think, why would God, God must be evil to, um, I used to say all the same cliches. It makes me laugh so much because it sounds so retarded these days. But when, when I used to say these things, really believing my arrogance, like if God was really a good God, why would he uh, want Eve not to have knowledge? Like he's obviously a bad God. But then I, when you really go through this process, you understand knowledge can't equal good. Knowledge can never lead you to God. Knowledge can never lead you to good. When you understand that, that's when you understand the whole conspiracy breaks down, both the ones doing it and the ones looking for it. Yeah. Because yeah. knowledge is never going to take you to God. And that was the ultimate deep message of the Garden of Eden, that you won't find God through secret knowledge. You will find God in your heart, not through knowledge, through your heart, through your feeling. Through- which, is, which is common sense. Yeah, it's basic stuff, right? Like I knew as a kid. I knew. No, I mean 70- like the actual common sense. Something you you, yeah, you know without you know without asking. Yes, yes, it, yeah. It's the answer before the question. Yeah, when I was a kid, seven or eight years old, no religious upbringing. My family were Irish Catholics, but I wasn't raised religiously Catholic um, at all. And I knew there was a God, just in my heart. I knew. Yeah, without, to, to question something you know to be true without asking the question is just doubt. Yeah, right. That's why you so, cast you know, the, doubt on something. The knowledge can't, the conspiracy knowledge, all the Masons and the Templars and all the people going through it, mm-hmm. regardless, can't take you to that ultimate answer. Yeah. And that is the ultimate 
point of the Garden of Eden and the fall of man. And when you see it that way, it may, now it makes so much sense to me. Now I see it. I'm like, yes, of course, what he's saying. God is saying that the, you will never find the apple that will lead you back to me. There is no knowledge that can bring you to me. And we've been falling ever since. And that's truly how it is. So this idea that we're going to find secret knowledge in this, like, and we're suddenly going to come to God ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen, you know? Um, and that's, that's the world we're in, you know? And, that, and that's why I, I settled on this, this work and not that stuff. Cause it's like, mm. I can't do any, the America 21 project, as we talked about, very practical. Like I settled on this cause I'm like, this is real tangible and affects everyone. I know gas prices, food, controlling our resources, but the rest of it, like, ain't gonna no. ain't gonna change anything really in the end I, I love that garden of eden story to me when i was reading it a more a kind of it seems a coming of age story that is trying to get back from the age of innocence to eden the knowledge of, of the tree of good knowledge is is when you kind of you become you you go into adulthood but that's where the confusion starts and everything else after that outside the garden means you've just left Eden, you've blessed, blessed innocence and you turn your whole tribe life trying to get back to, into Eden, back to innocence, which is you, what you've just said is another way of saying you had the answers all along, which is a Wizard of Oz. Basically. Well, it's all the story of the prodigal son, as we said before, you know, the story of the prodigal son, Jesus talks about the parable of the prodigal son, the, the guy leaves his family. He goes out, like bangs prostitutes, does drugs, does immoral things, and then realizes at the end of that journey that uh, everything he had was already at home with his dad and his brother. Mm. So when he comes back to his dad and his brother and his dad welcomes him in, the brother who stayed says, why would you welcome him in? And he's been, the story, the, the moral of this story is the same way you just said about the Garden of Eden. He had to lose himself to find himself. He had to go to realize that there was nothing at the end of that road so he would come home. I sometimes we, wonder what that's what reality is about. God, this, this whole fucking experience is about is is just us lot as God trying to confuse himself so he can remind himself who he actually is, and we're part of the psychosis of fucking God. And we've come here and we're just him just going asking himself a bunch of questions, and we're all his voices in his head going asking these questions to stuff that doesn't really matter with the information. And we're, Could and, be uh, not not as people, not soul. I just think we are parts of elements of. Sure. That, that I think there is the spark of divinity in every single one of us. I believe that to be very true, but I just think that maybe with this whole reality is we're we're having a we got psychosis, and he's just trying to he's just lost the plot. Something's disturbed I, him. I don't think that personally. I think it's an interesting idea. I I feel like um, that everything is actually fundamentally good when we're born what, what it is is and, and this is why i like the, the the christian interpretation of this this whole idea of the fall of man because if you think about it if you think of just a bunch of babies were born now and all the parents didn't exist with the trauma and the society we built and you brought in a bunch of good new parents and you started from those babies everything would probably be okay roughly okay it's the cycle of trauma that constantly repeats so yeah. it's not really it's not really God's fault. Like God has created a, a perfect, pretty much perfect world, beautiful trees, oceans, rocks, sure. sunlight. And then what's happened is we, we keep repeating the cycle. And the reason that God doesn't really intervene is because the purpose of this journey is free will. He, the purpose of, our, of us as a created being is to choose, is to choose good and evil. Now, and that's the ultimate thing, not the knowledge, the choosing of the good or evil is the ultimate purpose of being mm. here. And that happens at every second of life, nothing really to do with knowledge. I mean, not in any 
deep way that we're talking about anyway of course you need to know knowledge of like i touched the fire stove and it hurts and i'm not going to touch yeah, it again yeah, practical knowledge yeah, yeah practical yeah. knowledge i'm talking about like you know the the, the really uh sort of esoteric stuff um none of that actually teaches you that but so that's that would be my view my view would be that god is like a good father like i would be or you would be to our sons we both have sons right and if our son was 16 17 18 and he went out like the prodigal son and he went and banged a bunch of prostitutes in vegas and did a bunch of drugs and he's like i spent the deposit of the house that you gave me i'd be like you're gonna have to go work and make that money i'm not gonna give you i'm not gonna give you another 50 grand son because I gave it to you and you blew it so i think god is a good dad the same way as us he's like you you have free will but you're gonna have to make up for your own mistakes you're gonna have to clean up your own act because that's what a good father does yeah that makes sense that makes total sense he's wait, waiting for us whatever this is and you ever call it is waiting for us to come home but you have mm-hmm. to do it on your own accord so it's a it's a heart journey first and and I, I suppose we should leave on a positive note and if i could leave on a positive note there is really it, it sounds very ranty, everything we've talked about, but there really is a positive to all of this, which is um, that it really does start with that, with, with your heart, with you, with you seeking, like the creator, God really, really is here. A very real, tangible being that has created this wonderful experience that we are in. And I believe that you can connect within your heart by just wanting to, with no secret knowledge necessary with no gurus necessary. And in doing that, just walk with that, be in that presence, feel the spirit. Intent. And then from there, yes, intent, exactly. You just have to really want it. You actually have to ask, you know, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be opened. You actually have to want the door to be opened. You actually have to knock. You actually have to ask. But I, I believe if you do it, you, you get it, right? And that's, I guess, the, the beautiful thing about what we've said is that, to take some of that pressure off yourself. There is no amount of people you can wake up or that me and Rich can wake up that is ever going to be able to replace that thing that you need to find inside of yourself that we all have to find. And, and that's a burden relief. Right? And wherever you're looking in conspiracy land, in new age land, in the Orthodox religions, in a sense of taking it literally, um, anything like that is never going to lead you home. Um, because that's not what it's there for. It is always empty. And, and someone who's been doing the conspiracy stuff for a long time can testament that there's nothing there. And that, that to me is kind of like the, uh, the kind of uh, Solomon's temple and the, uh, uh, what's the thing that the Knights Templars went and found? I never remember. Forgot now. What's they went and found? The Holy Grail. Yeah. Right. The Holy Grail doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It's a mm-hmm. metaphor for, it's, it's almost like a phantom and everybody's looking for it. And it's, it's a shame because there's nothing to find. That's the, that's, that's, that's the horrible trick of it all. There's nothing there. It's just so sad, really. Maybe I've brought it down a bit, but it's also relief. It's a relief. relief. Yeah. It's a relief to know that there's nothing for you to search for other than just to, to search inside your heart and to live your life in, in, the, in accordance with the highest order possible so and it's always really really simple things just just tell the truth all the time i i always when people i've i've had a lot of friends of mine who've come to god through talking with me and i often give them experiments to test this stuff out i'm like because this is not what i did to myself test out just tell the truth for one week in every area of your life every time someone asks you something every time something comes up tell the truth at every moment for a whole week just for a week 
you'd be surprised how different you're going to feel by the end of that week, just by doing that one thing. And then people often say to me, like, how can I connect to God? Like, should I read this? Should I read that? And like, just tell the truth for a week, full week, every time without fail, you'll be surprised how changed you are by the end of that first week, just by doing that. Because the truth has to come Sorry, in a polite, obviously the delivery of the truth is to be be put across. Yeah, be... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah don't go around don't go around going, cool, you're <laughs> fat. jesus yeah. no you're well yeah. fat now yeah, yeah. You're the fat, delivery yeah. of the truth needs to be yeah. yeah don't don't just blurt out what you're thinking but yeah no. i get what you're i know what you're saying i know what you're saying and the delivery needs to be polite and and it, within your moral philosophy well, be respect be respectful, respectful. Yeah, yeah 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 and we we should be re- yeah you should be respectful anyway i think think of it more like this way like if um i don't know somebody asks you to do something that you don't want to do, just say, I just don't really feel like doing that right now. Can you ask me next week? Mm. Simple. Huge, huge. Especially Big for someone who's, who's kind of codependent. It's it's one of the biggest things to do is say, no, nah, I don't want to do that and not feel yeah. like you need to go back and apologize or do anything like that. It's huge. People have been well, likewise, if, yeah. if someone asks you something, it, it has to be on you the same way. So if someone says to you, like, uh, you know, did you smoke today? Like, yeah, I smoked a pack of 40. You yeah. have to tell them. You'd be surprised, though, that if you just go through that process, even just for a week, um, how different you're going to feel. And that's really how you, you connect to God through your heart is, is through the being. It's a being process. It's mm. a being process. And you actually have to walk in that path. And you'd be surprised how, diff- how different things work out for you that way. Like, I feel so much, like, different now because... I, I don't I don't have to have I don't really have to remember any lies. That's the big thing. Once you start lying, oh what a tangled web we weave when first we we was it first we start to deceive. That's yeah. kind of like the rhyme. Um, That's what yeah. I- so where can people find your work? I'll put it below anyway, but let's just do a little recap before we go. Uh yeah, websites America21century.com. You can find me on the social medias, you know, Facebook, TikTok, Telegram. Um but I'm yeah. Uh, the website has all the important stuff on there, so that's all that really matters. Okay. And what about you, mate? You've still got a website, haven't you? I haven't. Um, I'm obviously all, most of my stuff's on Iconic at the moment, Iconic.com, and obviously glitching the code you can find on YouTube, Spotify, and Bitshoot, and um, obviously then this show that I do do and WhatsApp I do with Gareth Ike every couple of weeks, and that's free to see on Iconic.com at the moment. Um, and I'm on. I think I'm on Instagram. It's the only one I'm allowed on anymore because <laughs> I'm a naughty conspiracy theorist sort of um yeah so i'm chucked off but they're all the ones all the ones that i'm on at the moment but i hope you've enjoyed this guys and and this all this show will continue to evolve over the years and i think we're kind of um it's a very different type of show and i I like the fact that we cover all different areas and not many people talk about this kind of wide scope of things and how they kind of all mold together so it's it's been a pleasure chatting to you mate i'll speak to you in a couple of weeks time uh yeah take care cheers mate bye bye